اللهمنا لا إبادي الذين استفى أبدان أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويدعوننا رغبا ورحمة وكانوا لنا خاشئين سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Everything in this world changes The weather changes day changes into night positive and negative charges matter and dark matter the changes in our heart fear and hope joy and grief health and illness Allah Ta'ala has made every single thing in the universe change why? because it's only Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who doesn't change only Allah Ta'ala is that being who is Al-Hayyul Qayyum who is absolutely permanent, unchanging and for us Allah Ta'ala says in Quran that these are different days, different states, different feelings. Allah Ta'ala will keep rotating them over us. There are two such feelings in our deen. One is the state of fear and the other is state of hope. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear is called hope and hope is called raja'a. Many times when a person reflects on how much Allah Ta'ala has given us, countless blessings Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon us, that despite our sins, Allah Ta'ala still enables us to come to masjid and pray salah, then we have a lot of hope. Every salah gives us hope. But then at the same time, sometimes a person may reflect on their sins and all the mistakes they made in their life, all the time they disobeyed Allah Ta'ala, all the time they betrayed Allah Ta'ala, then a person has a lot of fear. So a person has fear and hope. And iman lies between these two things. Al-Iman bayn al-Khawfi wa raja'i That iman lies between fear and hope. Why do we need these two states? Allah Ta'ala gave us two emotions. Understand like this that deen is about feelings. So tonight we want to talk about two feelings. Master feelings of the heart. The feeling of fear for Allah Ta'ala in our heart and the feeling of hope in Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala in our heart. If we don't learn how to feel these feelings, we will not be able to be good mu'mineen. Allah Ta'ala gave us these two feelings for a reason. You will see like an animal, for example a donkey, we call it the carrot and the stick. You need two different types of feelings to make it move. Sometimes you need a stick to beat it from behind. And sometimes you have to put the carrot in front of it. Hmm? Poor donkey, it walked towards the carrot, but you fixed the carrot and one, two feet from it, it keeps walking, keeps walking, keeps walking. Just like that, Allah Ta'ala put inside Isan a nafs. And the nafs sometimes needs a stick, which is the fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Man khafa maqam rabbihi wa nafsa That that person who is afraid of the maqam of their Rabb, afraid of the day that they will go stand in front of their Rabb, wa nahan nafsa hawa And because of that fear, they stop their nafs from hawa. They stop their nafs from following its whims and desires. So what was useful for the nafs? The stick, which is the feeling of fear. Manakhafa, feeling of khawf. At the same time, sometimes we need a carrot. We need the hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy, and the hope in the promised reward, and the hope in Jannah to make us behave. 
So actually just like the donkey needs both the carrot and the stick, just like that was our nafs. That we need to have both hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy and fear. Now what are fear and hope? I don't think we understand maybe. Maybe some of us think we felt fear. Fear is a very intense khawf. Especially khawf of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is a very intense feeling. It is a feeling that overwhelms every organ and every limb and every pore of a person's body. It makes a person tremble and quiver and shiver and convulse in fear. That's called khawf. I don't know if any of us have actually felt khawf for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. I'll give you an example of what khawf is. This the emotion of fear. So we have in Pakistan a place called Murray, which is a hill station above Islamabad. And they've been recently made a new road. Before there was an old Murray road. When you go up that hill on the old Murray road, it's a winding, winding, winding road. Very dangerous. And sometimes you're driving the car and you just feel that you can go over the cliff. And sometimes in Pakistan two bus drivers decide to race down the hill. Yes? And sometimes you may round the curve and then you're staring at two buses coming right at you. The feeling you fear at that moment, that's called khawf. That's called khawf. And then you swerve the car a little bit and then the one bus goes behind and you had a near miss, near encounter with death. And then you stop. The feeling that you feel at that moment, that is called khawf. It is a fear that is so tremendous that even years later when you recall the incident, even just by recalling it, you may again start trembling with fear. Happened to me. It's a real life story. Yes? It's feeling of fear. This is fear. How many of us can say we have felt such fear of Allah SWT? Yes, that one time I felt so much fear of Allah Ta'ala, even now when I recall it, I start trembling. That's called khawf. We haven't felt this fear. We're fearless, foolish, fearless mu'mineen. Hmm? That's why we don't have taqwa. That's why we don't have haya. That's why we can betray Allah Ta'ala anytime at a glance. Huh? We can betray Allah Ta'ala in an instant because we don't have this fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We're fearless. Fearless. What does hope mean? Hope means that a person reflects on Allah Ta'ala's endless mercy, His infinite mercy. And when they drown in that mercy, drown thinking about that endless mercy of Allah Ta'ala, they start forgetting their sins and they're so absorbed and in a rapture in this endless mercy of Allah Ta'ala that they have hope even for themselves. So this is fear and this is hope. Now Allah Ta'ala has talked about fear and hope both in Quran Al-Kareem. Let's hear one ayah of fear. That do they think that they are safe and secure from the design, the planning, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That nobody can ever be free from the might and power and will and design of Allah ta'ala except except the community who have lost on everything, who will live in eternal loss and utter loss. So we are not people. We never want to be in the Qawm al It means we should never ever feel safe and secure from the might of Allah Ta'ala, from the punishment of Allah Ta'ala, from the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Hence Allah Ta'ala made us in, in Salah. In Salah when we're actually obeying Him. He wanted us to remember we should never feel secure. So in Salah what do we recite? غَيْرِ maglubi. Ya Allah never ever make me amongst those people. غَيْرِ maglubi alayhim. Never make me amongst those people whom you are angry with. Yalla, you are sitting at this time, you are worshipping, you are praying salah. During the salah you are obeying Allah and yes, Allah says, yes, but I want you to feel this fear. I never want you to feel secure from my anger. 
you will always, over and over and over again, every day, five times a day, and every rakah, and every fatiha, you're going to beg me that you never want to be amongst those people whom my wrath falls upon. Allah Akbar Kabeerah. Hmm? That's the fear of Allah that we should have. At the same time, there's some verses, a lot of verses, about love for Allah SWT, hope in Allah's mercy. That no one can ever despair. Ruh here means no one can despair of the spirit of mercy that Allah Ta'ala Himself is, except for the disbelievers. Alhamdulillah, we are mu'mineen. What does it mean that we never ever despair of Allah Ta'ala's mercy? We always feel Allah will be merciful on us, and therefore we have hope in His mercy. Now what happens that therefore both of these fear and hope are present in Qur'an and we need both of these feelings. Iman being between the two didn't mean 50% fear, 50% hope. No. Iman means 100% fear and 100% hope. But sometimes there are occasions when we should feel more fear and sometimes there are occasions we should feel more hope. That's what it means Iman lies between the two. Now what happens if you lose these feelings so when the fear of Allah Ta'ala leaves a person's heart, then they have no hesitation in sinning. Then they become sluggish and lazy in amal. Then they become fixated on who they are. They become stubborn personalities. Fixated on who and what they are and what they prefer and what they think. And then their nafs takes over. If they can't they can't do that. So the nafs becomes the imam of their life. The nafs takes over. So the cure to this, if any of us find, what do we need fear? If any of us find that we ever are giving into our nafs, our lust, our desires, our greed, our envy, it means that we need to feel more fear. We need more fear in our life. Because it's fear that will tame the nafs. Then sometimes it can be a false fear. A false fear. And that is the person becomes so afraid of Allah SWT that they get paralyzed. This is a trick of shaitan. Always remember that shaitan is a twisted being. And one of the things he tries to do is twist our good emotions in the wrong way. For example, we're supposed to feel fear for Allah Ta'ala before we sin. Shaitan will twist it. He will make sure we don't feel any fear before we sin. After we sin, he will hold up the mirror of that sin to us and he will make us feel fear. And the person will feel afraid. Then they will get depressed. Then they will get sad. And then they will even leave the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. You were supposed to fear Allah Ta'ala before you sinned. But then after sin, they feel fear. They despair of the mercy of Allah. So they say, okay, I did this sin this night. What's the point of waking up for Fajr? They sleep through Fajr. Satan wants a person to despair. Why? Because this is who he is. He despairs of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. He has no hope in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So he wants to make us hopeless. He wants to make us hopeless. So I'd say, no, if a person has this, you have to cure it with hope. But after the sin, you have to have an endless hope in the endless mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Similarly, shaitan presents a false hope to a person as before the sin. Before the sin, we were supposed to feel fear. He makes us feel hope. That it's okay, I'll do it. Allah Ta'ala knows that I can't control myself. Allah Ta'ala knows my situation. Allah Ta'ala knows that I'm majboor, uh, that I'm underdressed, I have a necessity. It gives a person hope that I'll do it, but I'll ask Allah to forgive me later. Hmm? Hope. No, before sin, feel fear. After sin, feel hope. Shaitan, he tries to make you before sin, feel hope. And after sin, feel fear. Hmm? Twisted. Twisted creature. It's a devil. That's why it's called the devil.
tries to twist our good emotions and make our fear misplaced and our hope misplaced. Sayyidina Rasulullah said that if the fear and hope of a believer were to be weighed, they would be equal. And Sayyidina Umar was the perfect example of this. Once he said that if I was to be told that all of humanity will go into Jannat, only one person will go into Jahannam, I would be afraid that that one person would be me. Allahu Akbar. Then he said, if I were to be told that everyone is going to go to Jahannam, only one person is Jannat, I will have hope that it would be me. I would be hopeful that maybe, Ya Allah, maybe that one might be me. Absolute fear and absolute hope. So there are some verses in Quran which make a person have great hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One verse Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This is mentioned in the tafsir of Allah Makurtubi Ramtalay. The Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu felt that this verse which I will recite to you now gave tremendous hope in the mercy of Allah ta'ala. Qul ya ibadi alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim la taqnatu min rahmatillah. Why? So who is Allah ta'ala addressing in this verse? The sinners. Alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim. So if anybody wanted to know I'm a sinner, is there any verse in the Qur'an for me? Yes, this is the verse for you. Alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim. Those who wrong their own selves. What does Allah ta'ala tell them? La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Don't you ever despair of the mercy of Allah No matter how many sins you did No matter how many times you repeated that sin No matter how grave, despicable, unspeakable that sin is You can never outstrip the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah continues That indeed Allah ta'ala forgives all sins entirely Ya Allah Yes, Al-Dhanub will take Alif Lam for Istighraq. Allah Ta'ala forgives all sins entirely. Innahu huwa ghufuru rahim. Because He, He Allah, He is the all-forgiving one and He is the all-merciful one. And then even more is how Allah Ta'ala began this verse. Kul, say to them, my beloved messenger, sallam, reach out to them on my behalf. This is what kul means. Reach out to them on my behalf and proclaim to them, my beloved Nabi, from me, ya ibadi, that oh my servants, my slaves, you are still mine. Some ulama of tafsir say this letter ya, this harf ya, that is attached to ibad, is the greatest harf of mercy in Qur'an. Because Allah Ta'ala is addressing the sinning believers, and He's telling them, you're still mine. You're still mine. Allah Akbar. Mercy. Mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this level of mercy gives a person a great hope. Great hope. At the same time, person... Should never feel that it's guaranteed. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Inna Allah la yakfiru. Allah Ta'ala will never ever forgive. An yushrukabi. Means on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will not forgive that anyone associate any partners with Him. However, وَيَكْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلَكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءَ Allah Ta'ala can forgive anything other than this. لِمَنْ يَشَاءَ But not, it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that other than shirk, everything will be forgiven. No. لِمَنْ يَشَاءَ Whomsoever Allah Ta'ala wants. Meaning you have no guarantee of that. There's no even, there's not even one sin in our life that we can say I have a guarantee that Allah Ta'ala wishes to forgive me for that on the day of judgment. There's nothing like that. We have no guarantee. So that's why even though we have tremendous hope, we still maintain the fear. Because it's afraid. 
means clearly it's not everyone. Allah would have said some other words in Quran. There will be some that he wishes, and there will be some malam yasha for whom he doesn't wish, for whom he doesn't wish for them. How do we know? Are we amongst those people who Allah wish to forgive, or those who Allah didn't wish to forgive? What's the process to get this forgiveness? This is another beautiful ayah that says in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا Whomsoever commits any evil, any sin, or yadlim nafsahu, or commits a wrong against himself, ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ And then after that, they simply seek the forgiveness of Allah. They commit a sin, they wrong themselves, and they just say sorry. يَجِدِ اللَّهَ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا They will instantly find that Allah does all forgiving and all merciful on them. Ya Allah, is all we have to do is say sorry? Allah says yes. All you do is say sorry and say please forgive me and you will instantly find that I am the being who is all forgiving, all merciful. Allahu Akbar. So this means that if we make this istighfar, we seek Allah's forgiveness, that should give us more hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy. At the same time, Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغُرُورِ means that don't let false hopes deceive you. Don't think that you can keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and not try to do tazkiyah for your sins. No. If you're doing a sin and then you repeat that sin and you don't seek help. It's like in criminal law, we call that person a repeat offender. And we say they're a repeat offender who shows no inclination to reform themselves. That person goes in jail and they stay in jail. And when they grow up before the parole board, no parole for you. Why? Because you saw no inclination to reform yourself. So that's a false hope. False hope that, okay, I sin and I don't control my gaze. And again I repeat the sin and I again repeat the sin. If you have this hope that if you keep repeating it, and then you don't try to get the cure. You don't go to any shaykh and present your condition to them and ask them to do your tazkiyah. You remain sick. Then what will happen? Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَهُمَ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا They had in their hearts an illness, a disease, and they left it untreated, and they left it as it is. فَزَادَهُمَ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا Allah Ta'ala will increase that disease for them. Allah Ta'ala will increase it. So that's a false hope to think. Even if you have a small wound on your hand, you'd be foolish to think it's going to take care of itself. Huh? You will put band-aid, you will put antibiotic cream. Huh? So then if we have major wounds in our heart, major sins of lust and greed and envy, we're foolish to think they're going to go away on their own. They're not going to go away on their own. You will have to get treatment. You will have to get it cured. Don't let these false hopes, don't let these false hopes deceive us. Now, when the fear of Allah Taala is in a person's heart, then that fear helps a person stay away from sin. Our Hazrati, because he was an electrical engineer, he very often liked to give the example of electricity. That there's a high voltage wire. And people are afraid of it. Why? Because it's high voltage. They're so afraid of it that they put that wire in a thick insulated rubber seal. Actually, you could touch it, nothing will happen to you, but they're still afraid of it. Then they will put a big cage, fence around it, and they will put a big sign, danger high voltage. And people are so scared that if the children run towards it, the mother will start screaming. Why are you worried? It's a fence. The fence is locked. She's scared. If the kid reaches out to touch, there's nothing in the fence. 
Inside is the transformer, which inside has the fully sealed rubber cable. That has the electricity in it. But we're so afraid of that electricity that we seal it. We put it in a box. We build a fence around it. We put danger high voltage sign on it. He said that the awliyaullah they're as afraid of sin as we and you are afraid of the high voltage wire. They won't even go near it, let alone touch it. They won't go near it. That's what Allah tells us in the Quran. Wala taqrabu zina. Don't even go near it. Be so afraid of it that you don't even go near it. <laughs> don't even go near it. Don't expose yourself to the opportunity. Don't expose yourself to the temptation. Don't expose yourself to the image. Don't even cast a glance, lower your gaze. La taqrabu. Don't even go near it. Those are called muttaqeen. They're afraid. That's what it means to have fear. If you want to check, do I have fear in my heart? That means you don't even go near sin, just like we wouldn't go anywhere near the high voltage electric wire. So that is the impact of fear on the heart. What is the impact of hope on a person's heart? The impact of hope on a person's heart makes us do more and more good deeds. More a'mal, more ibadat, more du'a, more salah, more Qur'an, more dhikr. So then again check your heart. If you feel, no I don't do that. I don't do more ibadah. I don't recite more Qur'an. I don't make more du'a. I don't pray more salah. It means your heart is empty of hope. <laughs> you don't have real hope. <laughs> Imagine if we just take these two things, it appears that our heart, neither does it have the real fear, nor does it have the real hope. We're in a delusion. We're self-delusional. We're living in an imaginary dream world, where we think somehow we're going to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to get this real fear in our heart, and to get this real hope in our heart. Then there are some verses in Quran where Allah does combine both in one verse. Combine both hope and fear in one verse. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Nabi ibadi anni rahim. That tell my servants, my slaves, my creatures, that me, me Allah, I Allah, I am all forgiving, all merciful. First thing Allah said, that me Allah, I am all forgiving, all merciful. And my punishment, it's my punishment, not me. Allah said, And He said, Anadu intikam, Anadul jalal. No, not me, my punishment. Me, I am all forgiving and all merciful. My punishment, my punishment is Adabul Aleem. Allah Akbar, There's a very sweet way Allah Ta'ala is explaining in Quran. It means Allah Ta'ala's mercy is greater than His anger. But still, it's there. <laughs> what does it mean? That, Anni anal rahim I'm all forgiving, all merciful, so you should love me and obey me. And if you choose not to love me and obey me, even though I'm al rahim then know that yes, there is an adab al for people like that. There is a terrible, painful, painful, extremely painful punishment for people like that. In another verse, Allah Ta'ala mentions these two together. That they make dua to Allah Ta'ala. They call out to Allah Ta'ala what? First with fear and then with hope. And the word here, tama, it means lalach in Urdu. It means extreme hope. So this verse is also telling us something what? That the first thing we should do is fear. What does it mean? Even before you commit a sin, you should be making dua to Allah Ta'ala that, Ya Allah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, what if I do that sin? Many of us, we're very content. Let's say, let's say there's a sin maybe some of you don't have. I don't know. Let's say one of you says, Alhamdulillah, I've never felt any hasad in my life. Okay. I say, you should still be afraid. You should still make dua to Allah Ta'ala khawfan. 
You should be afraid that Ya Allah, I never want hasad to come in me. I never want to feel envy for a person. You should be afraid. Don't ever trust your nafs. Don't do etimad on your nafs. Our Hazri says that us nafs per barosa nekaro. Allah Ta'ala is per barosa kabinekia. Don't trust that nafs that Allah Ta'ala has never trusted. So it means you should have fear that you may commit that sin. And the tama'ah, you should have deep, desirous hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then what does Allah ta'ala say about these people who make this dua? They have both fear and they have hope for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So such people, what is the reward for that person who has both fear and hope? That no person knows what Allah ta'ala has kept hidden and concealed for them as a coolness for their eyes. It means as a delight of pleasure to their heart. As a reward for all of the things that they used to do. So, this is for the person who has both fear and hope. Ajeeb story about him. He used to teach in Baghdad. And many of his authentic malfuzat are still available. There are whole books of them available. So, one place it's written that for 18 years, 18 years, he talked to his gathering about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day he felt that, okay, 18 years I've been talking to them about Allah Ta'ala's mercy. Today I should talk to them about Allah Ta'ala's anger. I should talk to them about fear of Allah Ta'ala. So it's narrated that he came and he talked to them about the fear of Allah Ta'ala. And he was shaykh, when he talked to them about the fear of Allah Ta'ala, one started crying, another started crying, one started wailing, one started squealing, one fell unconscious. Allah Akbar. 18 years he taught them the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. What does it mean? They were true believers. No matter how much they knew Allah Ta'ala was merciful, it didn't erase the fear that they had for Allah Ta'ala at all. They were tirbiyat yafta, shaykh of the qadr, Look what Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an. Man khashiyar rahman. Man khashiyar rahman bil ghayb. Some people they think that, oh no, because Allah Ta'ala is all merciful, we shouldn't feel fear. Look exactly what Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Qur'an. That when they think of Allah Ta'ala as Ar-Rahman, when they're thinking about the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, when they're thinking of Allah being all-merciful, mercy incarnate, what is the feeling they feel? Khashiyah. They feel fear. Man Khashiyah Rahman. Can you imagine this Quranic insan that they feel fear in their heart when they think about Allah Ta'ala as Ar-Rahman? Can you imagine how much fear they must feel? When they think about Allah Ta'ala as Al-Aziz, Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabbir, Al-Qahar. Can you imagine how much fear they must feel? And when do they feel this fear? Man khashi rahman bil ghayb. What does bil ghayb mean? It means when they're alone. This is the teaching of Qur'an. Our problem is that we sin when we're alone. It's precisely when we're alone that we don't fear Allah Ta'ala. We become fearless when we're alone. So understand one thing very deeply. There's no such thing as being alone. There's no such thing as being alone. When you're alone, you're one-on-one with Allah. That's all being alone is. And they used to know that. And they used to feel that. That I'm alone, what does it mean? It's night, everybody's gone to sleep, I've gone upstairs, I'm in my room, I'm in my bedroom, nobody's around. Now they used to feel fear. I'm alone, one-on-one with Allah. Man khashiyar rahman bil ghayb. It's Quran. Allah Akbar. You can see it right there. Fear and mercy. The rapt between this. Allah Ta'ala's infinite mercy and rahman and our feeling of fear of khashiyah. Now some points about fear and hope. We mentioned that there should be some times when you need to feel more fear. Some times when you need to feel more hope. In youth, 
you need to feel more fear. Youth is defined as prior to 40. But also, you could also describe it as prior to 60 for this purpose, that fear should dominate over hope in youth. And when a person gets older in life, then hope should dominate their fear when they get older. Why? Because young age, when you're youth, you have a lot of nafs. So you need this fear more. You need the fear more. And as the person gets older, that's why I change it to 60. The Muslims of today have proven that 40s and 50s, they're still teenagers. Many Muslims of today, they're in their 40s and 50s, they're just overgrown teenagers. They have as big a nafs as a 19-year-old boy has. Yes. But maybe when they cross 60, maybe then the nafs calms down a bit. So then, then they can say, I can say for them, that they should hope should overcome their fear. Otherwise, as long as you have this nafs, fear should be more strong than your hope. Then it said that in old age you need the hope. Why? Because you need to be hopeful and do as many amal as you can before you die. So then the more hope you feel, the more charity you will give, the more salah you will pray, the more good deeds you will do towards the end of your life. Thanks, Narmashayakti. When a person is healthy, they should have more fear. Because health means the power to sin. It's another way of looking at health. Yes? Health means the power and ability to sin. And when they are sick, they should feel more hope. More hope. They don't have to feel so much fear. Why? Because another thing about being sick is when you're sick, you have less capacity to sin. Sick person has less ability to sin, less power to sin, less inclination to sin. So that person should have more hope. More hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're in happiness or good times, you should have more fear. Because it's often that a person, when they're happy and they go for pleasure and leisure and luxury, then they end up spiraling into sin. And when you're in bad times, tough times, difficult times, then less likely to sin, a person should have more hope that in Allah's mercy, Allah will take me out of this tough time, out of this sadness. And a person should have fear for one's own self and have hope for others. This is also very important. When it comes to oneself, be afraid that I don't know if I'll be forgiven. I don't know what's going to happen to me. When it comes to others, have hope. Oh, they'll definitely be forgiven. This is deen of Islam. We are the complete opposite. Hmm? We are so hopeful for ourselves, and we're so sure the other one is in trouble. Huh? We're so sure the other is in trouble, and we're so hopeful about ourselves. And we sit there and think, oh, huh? no, no, no. Be fearful for yourself and be hopeful for others. Think that as far as the others are concerned, maybe they did some amal due to which their biggest sins will be forgiven, and me, maybe I've done some sin due to which my good deeds will be cancelled. Yes, both of these things can happen on the day of judgment. Both will happen. There will be some people who come on the day of judgment that they did something that pleased Allah Ta'ala so much, He will forgive their sins. That will also happen. And there will be some people who will come to Allah Ta'ala on the day of judgment that they did some sin and they never made tawbah from that sin and they repeated that sin and they never left that sin and Allah may choose to make that sin cancel their good deeds. Both people will be there. So we should think that we are the latter and the others are the former. Why? There's a hadith of the Prophet is called hadith al bataka What does it mean? That one point you can see in this world. Huh? In soccer, they play like for I don't know how many hours and then the score is 1-0. It's amazing. Sometimes the whole World Cup, I remember Malana Musa once he told me on CI about World Cup and just today or yesterday they showed me the stadium where you people played or watched or I don't know whatever happened in the World Cup. It's a strange game. Sometimes the whole game is decided on one point. 
That's it. It's exactly what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment. Yes, one point matters. <laughs> well, the sportsmen people will tell you that. The students will tell you that. There are people who sometimes they fail by one point. I know. I've done it to students. Yeah. And there's sometimes students who pass by one point. I've also done that. <laughs> yeah. One point. One point can make a difference. One number can make a difference. That's, that's like this world. The same thing's going to be true on the Day of Judgment. The same thing will be true on the Day of Judgment. There's a beautiful hadith in Nabi Karim Wasallam that a person will come to the Day of Judgment and the scales of judgment will be there. And everything is weighed up and he's one good deed shy of going to Jannah. He just needs one good deed. Alright? So he tries to get it from the people. He asks, his mother says, no. He says, oh mother, my whole life you wanted to see me happy. Your whole life this was your greatest dream. And you would give anything and sacrifice anything for yourself to see me happy. You would sacrifice your sleep to make me happy. You would sacrifice your comfort to make me happy. I just need one good deed. He said, no. Similarly goes to his brother. He says, no. Keeps going to the people he knows. They all say no. يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ This is the day of judgment. <laughs> Not only will they say no, they will flee from that person. And it will become spread wide across the plains of the day of judgment that there's a person looking for one good deed. So when that news spreads, then somebody will show up and say, okay, I give you one good deed. So he will say, who are you? He said, I'm that person who I only have one good deed. I have only one good deed. And all the rest I have are sins. So I'm going to go to Jahannam anyway, so you might as well take my good deed. Then again the news will spread all across the plains of the Day of Judgment that there is a person who gave another person a good deed. Everybody amazed. Actually there's somebody who gave a good deed. So Allah Ta'ala will call both of them. And exactly this will happen. So the one who got it, he'll put his good deed on the scale. It tips in his favor. Go to Jannah. Allah Ta'ala will tell the other one. He says, look, I only had one good deed. I'm going to Jahannam anyway. So I felt bad for this person. I had mercy on this person. So he's going to Jahannam even though he's one deed shy. So I gave him one good deed. Allah said, oh you have mercy on this person. I'm Alhamdulillah Rahimeen. I'm more merciful than you. I send you to Jannah also. One good deed will make two people go to Jannah. <laughs> yes, this is that hadith. One good deed, just because of one good deed, two people go to Jannah. You can imagine the same thing will happen because of one sin. Indeed, huh? This is our deen. So much hope and then again so much fear. And then again so much hope and then again so much fear. Can you imagine being the person on the day of judgment? That everything is weighed on the scales. And because of one sin, that one sin we did that one time in our life, huh? that one sin we did that one time, that one night, that one sin we did that one time with that one person, that one sin gets put on the scales and in front of us the scales tip and Allah Ta'ala tells the angels of Jahannam to take us to Jahannam because of that one sin. Huh? Because of that one sin. View every sin like that. Flee from it. Be scared of it. Be averse to it. Don't think this is a sin. Think this is that one sin. This may be that one sin that takes me to Jahannam. View it like that. View it like that. This is the one point that could make me fail. This is that one mark due to which I won't pass. If we started to view sin like that, then inshallah we'd be saved on the day of judgment. We take it lightly. That's what it means to have fear. 
to have fear that this one is the one this one is the one and to have hope that this one is the one that this deed might be the one which Allah Ta'ala may forgive me may accept me so to have this level of fear and hope to have this level of fear and hope in our heart now few more things we want to tell you before we end that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said and he, this is the hadith that Muslim swore by Allah Ta'ala by the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah Ta'ala will forgive so many of his slaves on the day of judgment that humanity will not even be able to imagine how many slaves will be forgiven then Allah, the Prophet said that then Allah Ta'ala will extend his forgiveness so much that even shaitan will start to have hope in the mercy of Allah Allah so this gives us great hope this gives us great hope but there's a point to understand here that all of this is dependent on whether we have iman so there's another hadith that towards the end of time a person will wake up in the morning and by the time they sleep they will have lost their iman and there'll be a person who wakes up in the morning and as a, as a disbeliever and by the time they sleep at night they'll have iman what does it mean that iman will be so fragile towards the end of time it'll be like a thread easily snapped easily snapped so mean you have no even yakin of this that when we die we will actually die with our iman intact who can say I have a guarantee of that in advance none of us can say that that's another fear we should have that's another fear hmm? that okay Allah Ta'ala has so much mercy on the day of judgment for the believers but what if I don't die even as a believer what if I don't die as a believer this fear is the fear of the anbiya not dying as an unbeliever but this endless fear that no matter what I am to have fear even Jibreel alayhi salam had fear of Allah Sayyidina Rasulullah he narrates that he says that whenever Jibreel came to me he would always be shivering so I asked him once he said yes that because every time I come to you with revelation I come from the court of the Jalali with Ikram and the Azmat of Allah Ta'ala the Jalal of Allah Ta'ala puts me in Haiba I'm still in awe and by the time I come to you I'm still shivering, I'm still trembling. Allahu Akbar Kameera. Jibreel alayhi salam. Who is Jibreel al-Ameen? Atta Nabiya Kareem salam had fear of Allah Ta'ala. Ummul Mu'mineen say that Aisha written in our nights that sometimes when the weather would turn storm clouds or dust storm would come Nabiya Kareem salam his expression would go pale. Why? He knew his ummah, he had been promised by Allah Ta'ala that his ummah, no matter what happens, his ummah as a totality, minhasil ummah, would never get this punishment, natural disaster. But still, when he saw the clouds of natural disaster looming on the horizon, he used to get scared because he would remember the punishment that came on previous ummahs and he would pace around. She says he would pace on and out, he would start pacing. Allah Akbar, the fear that Nabiya Kareem Sassam had. Maybe I should make you understand. If you gather all the love that all the awliya and all the sahaba ever had for Allah Ta'ala and put it on one side, and you put the love that Sayyidina Rasulullah had for Allah on one side, the Prophet loved Allah Ta'ala more than all of the sahaba and all the awliya combined. But understand also, if you were to combine all the fear of all of the awliya, all the sahaba, all the muttaqeen on one side and put how much Nabi Kareem Sallallahu feared Allah Ta'ala on one side Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu he had more fear in his heart for Allah Ta'ala than all the awliya sahaba muttaqeen combined yes Allahu Akbar it's ajeeb 
Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That's why when they used to recite Quran The Prophet and Sahaba Kram They would feel tremendous fear Tremendous fear Let me recite few of those ayat to you also Sayyidina Umar anhu, Once he heard the recitation Sometimes even they wouldn't recite They would hear someone else recite a verse And they would be struck with fear Inna adhaba rabbaka Inna adhaba rabbika lawaqi' That indeed the punishment that is coming from your Rabb Lawaqi, it is going to happen, it must happen, it will necessarily happen. Malahu min there is nothing that can stave it off. So Sayyidina Umar when he heard this verse recited, he fell ill and queasy, it lasted one month. He was so impacted by this verse, so scared that the punishment of Allah Ta'ala is indeed going to happen. Is indeed going to happen. Then Sayyidina Saman al-Farsi when he came, he was new Muslim, and he heard this verse, وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ لَمَوْئِدُهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ He fell faint. That indeed Jahannam is going to be the resting place, or the end of the destination for all of them. So why, how can we never feel like this? Hmm? We have heard these verses, we have heard these verses recited in Salah, in Taraweeh, in Ramadan. Our hearts don't have that ability to feel this fear. Our hearts have lost the ability to feel this fear and our hearts have lost the ability to feel this hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. How will we get that back? That is by making the zikr of Allah ta'ala. When we make zikr kalbi, when we make the zikr of Allah ta'ala in our heart, then our heart gets softened. Then it's able to be melted in fear of Allah ta'ala. Our heart gets softened. It's hope, able to be moistened in the hope of the mercy of Allah ta'ala. This is why Allah ta'ala said in Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amunu thkurullaha zikran kathira. That oh you have iman, you must make a lot of zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because the more you remember Him, the more your heart will soften, then the more fear you are able to feel, and the more hope you will be able to feel. And it's precisely because we don't make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our heart is ghafil. Even though Allah ta'ala said, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ And don't you dare ever, ever let yourself forget Allah ta'ala at all. But still we allowed ourselves to forget, just to forget, not even sin. I'm being bold with you. Not even sin, we just allowed ourselves to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we forgot Allah ta'ala, our heart became hardened. ثُمَّ قَسَدْ قُلُوبَكُمْ Then their, your heart became hardened. بَعْدَ After what you ghaflat you used to do. Hmm? They become hard like boulders, like rocks. Or أَشَنُّ قَسْوَى Or even harder than rocks. What is the sign? What does it mean harder than rocks? It means it's unable to feel fear and unable to feel this hope. Hard heart. Hardened heart. So we have to learn to soften this heart by making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Soften the heart by doing tazkiyah of our hearts. Many things we had for you, but it's a weak night and you can't last much longer. Hmm? Yes, you won't be able to last much longer. And if I recite all these verses to you about fear, hmm? you don't have the zarf. <laughs> you don't have the zarf. What we should do is put a PowerPoint presentation in front of you with all of the verses of fear in Qur'an. You won't be able to last. That's how little zarf we have. You understand zarf? Huh? Zarf, the capacity of the heart to feel fear. We have very little capacity. Can't do it. <laughs> we can't do it. We can't take these verses. Hmm? No, that's wrong. We have to increase our zarf. We have to make the zikr kalbi. We have to make that heart 
softer. We have to make that heart wider. We have to make that heart able to feel every single fear of Allah Ta'ala that He wants us to feel and to feel every single hope for Allah Ta'ala that He wants us to feel. Must we just recite two verses more of fear for you and two verses of hope and then we'll call it a night. Khair, you'll call it a night. I'll call it a whole journey. Yes. <laughs> so, one verse to give fear. And this is now selected. These have been selected for people like us. These verses. Think if this is our state. Allah says in Quran, وَبَدَلَهُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يَكُونُوا يَحْتَسِبُونَ what does it mean? And it will appear to them from Allah Ta'ala those things on the Day of Judgment which they hadn't reckoned, they hadn't taken into account. What does it mean? It means they thought they got away with it and they'll be looking at it on the Day of Judgment. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala will make apparent to them, will make clear to them things that they didn't even realize. They thought this was negligent. They thought it was harmless. They thought they could do it. Allah Ta'ala will bring it clearly up to them on the Day of Judgment. Wabada. Allah Ta'ala will clearly make it. Clearly from Allah Ta'ala they will see Things that they thought they could get away with Things that they thought were minor Things that they thought were trivial Things that they thought, okay I can do it because I live in this country Things they thought they said I could do it I live in 2014 All of those things they thought they could get away with Allah Ta'ala will clearly present it to them On the Day of Judgment So they thought they could get away with sin Allah will show it to them on the Day of Judgment then another verse وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَأً مَنْثُورًا What does this mean? That they thought they had done all these good deeds? They thought they had stored up this whole mountain of deeds. When they come on the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala will make it haba manthura, like scattered ashes. Allah Ta'ala will make it null and void all those things they used to do that they were counting on. Allahu Akbar. Hmm? You see, there's fear in our mind. Huh? They thought that they brought this great ilm. Allah Ta'ala said, you didn't have ikhlas, you wanted to be praised, go to Jahannam. They thought they brought all this charity. Allah Ta'ala said, no, you didn't have ikhlas, you wanted to be praised and called generous, go to Jahannam. They thought they would bring their shahada to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala said, no, you wanted to be known as a martyr, you didn't have ikhlas, go to Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala will take these incredible deeds, a lifetime of ilm, a lifetime of charity, a sacrifice of one's whole life shahada, this hadith in sahih. This famous hadith, Allah will make it habam mantura. He will make all their acts null and void. They thought they got away with the sin, they had to face the sin. They thought they brought the good deeds, their good deeds were made null and void. Oh, what more? We should be scared. We should be scared. What if this happens to us? What if this happens to us? Now the verses of hope. Verses of hope. Allah Ta'ala says, فَمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا وَوَكَانَ أَذَابَ السَّمُومِ What does it mean? فَمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا That Allah Ta'ala just was nice and soft and gentle and sent His gracious favor, His karam and fuzzle on us and He saved us from the punishment. Just His ahsan on us. Just His tremendous favor on us. And then you will see how much Allah Ta'ala tries to extend this favor that in Quran, Allah Ta'ala even reaches out to those people, not just who disobey him, to those people who disbelieve in him, Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Ya ayuhal insan, ma gharraka birabbikal kareem. So it gives us hope that, Ya Allah, we're not just insan, we're mu'mineen insan. Hmm? 
پر مسلین انسان اللہ تعالیٰ قرآن you even reached out to atheist انسان you reached out to disbelieving انسان and even to them this is another letter that some people say is the greatest harf of mercy in Quran that these are those people who deny that Allah Ta'ala is even existing they deny that Allah Ta'ala is theirs and he said Rabbika I'm your Rabb so Ya Allah if you can reach out to those who deny you and tell them that you are their Rabb then Ya Allah we are the ones who have Iman in you we are the ones who believe in you all our life we've only made sadda only to you we've only ever prayed dua only of you Ya Allah surely you must be ours then we ask that you make us your true servants your true slaves we ask that you put in our heart this true feeling of fear this true feeling of hope and we ask through the fear you enable us to leave all of our sins and you ask we ask that through this feeling of hope you enable us to practice this deen fully and completely and passionately may Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with this fear and this hope and may Allah Ta'ala guide us to that path of zikr kasir that puts this fear and hope in our heart Allah Ta'ala is going to give us a great guidance soon that is called month of Ramadan month of Ramadan is coming لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ Allah Ta'ala gave us the purpose of Ramadan this year we have to spend Ramadan according to its purpose what do we do? Up till now we're professionals at Ramadan. We change our schedule every year. That's all we do. We don't change our heart. We change our schedule. And when Ramadan ends, we change our schedule right back. No, no, no. Ramadan is not coming so that we change our schedule. Ramadan is coming so that we change our heart. But you have to work in Ramadan. You have to want this fear. You have to want this hope. You have to work for it. You have to try for it. It won't happen on its own. And Allah Ta'ala has put something beautiful in our deen. It's called last 10 days, Sunnah Itikaf. And if you spend those 10 days seeking the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, yearning to Allah Ta'ala, turning to Allah Ta'ala, in those 10 days Allah Ta'ala can make anything and everything happen. In those 10 days Allah Ta'ala can fill our hearts with this fear and this hope. You should try to spend some time in Sunnah Itikaf. You have some options this year. One option is you go to Newcastle. Oh, you can spend itikaf last 10 days in Newcastle with Hazrat Musa Kudisab. Hmm? And he will give you bayan and mudzis and try to put the fear of Allah and hope for Allah in your hearts. That may be up north. I don't know. Or you could come down south. Maybe wrong. And come to Stanger. Huh? And there you can spend last 10 days of Sunnah Itikaf with us. And we will try the same thing. We will try to give you behind mothers to try to put the fear of Allah on your heart. And the hope for Allah on your heart. Hmm? Or you could spend this Ramadan like you have done in previous years. And do nothing other than feel hunger and thirst. And remain the same person after Ramadan that you were before. It's your choice. It's your choice. You have to get busy. You have to get busy in our deen. Every year, every day, time is flying. Time flies and before you know it, time is up. Time flies and before you know it, time is up. Hmm? You want to get this fear, we want to get this fear and this hope before time is up. <laughs> because all the fear on the Day of Judgment isn't going to be of any benefit to us. People will feel fear that day. They will be standing on the day of judgment. They will be so afraid. Allah says in Quran, the woman who is pregnant, she will give birth instantly. She will be so afraid. But that fear will be of no benefit to us whatsoever. Then you may see other people being forgiven. And you may think, okay, you may get hope. You may get hope on the day of judgment. When you see somebody else forgiven and sent to Jannah, that hope will be of no benefit to you whatsoever. It's too late. 
So the feelings of fear and the feelings of hope on the Day of Judgment is after this life. There will be of no benefit to us. Better that we learn how to feel this feeling of fear and a feeling of hope in this world. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ